There are many ways people listen to vision, including through a PC at work. When you fire up your computer at work, go to vision.org.au slash listen and click the Vision or V180 Listen Live buttons. You can also catch the latest Vision National News Bulletin and enjoy a growing range of on-demand podcasts from the same page all while you work. However, and wherever you listen to Vision, you can be sure that the announcers, programs and music will help you look to God daily. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Following Jesus with confidence isn't always that easy. It's not enough to be told, have faith in God. We need to know how. So today we're going to embark on a bit of a live case study. We're going to meet a woman who's in a great deal of pain. Her name is Hannah. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond and welcome again to A Different Perspective as we chat about the stark realities of suffering. A little while back on the program, we took a brief look at the story of Hannah, the mother of the Old Testament prophet Samuel. And we had such a strong response to her story. I thought that today and over the next few days, we take a much closer look at what went on. Now, I'm not one to grab some character out of the Bible and look at them and tell you, you should be like them. Because you and I, we're all different people with different backgrounds and giftings. And, and telling a duck to be like a dog or vice versa, it never really works. But Hannah's story is one that absolutely touches my heart each and every time I read it. My hunch is that's why so many people responded to us after that program. It's a powerful story of a woman in some considerable distress. We're continuing today with our series Following Jesus with Confidence. Not some brash, overconfident attitude, but you know that, that quiet confidence that you can have in your heart that stills your fears and just gives you that wonderful knowledge that God is on his throne, he's in control, he knows what he's doing. Knowing that you can trust in God's faithfulness, no matter how crazy things get around you. The biggest inhibitor to that we've seen so far this week on the program is that the success-oriented world in which we live has convinced us that normal equals healthy, wealthy and wise. Success is what it's all about. And we're all born to be successful according to the world's definition, which is pretty much, you know, big house, tick, nice car, tick, healthy superannuation fund, tick, all those temporary symbols of so-called success. We then very quickly imagine that that's what our walk with Jesus should be like, successful. And yet the Bible knows little, if anything, about worldly success. God's plan for you and me isn't a life of comfort and compromise, but a life of sacrifice and suffering. It's exactly what Jesus promised us when he spoke to some would-be followers. Matthew chapter 8, beginning at verse 18. When Jesus saw great crowds around him, he gave orders to cross over to the other side. A scribe then approached him and said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Look, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Another of his disciples said to him, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, follow me and let the dead bury the dead. Now, we're going to go a lot deeper with this. It's one thing to hear someone, even Jesus, talking about this idea that following him often means an uncomfortable journey. But it's another thing entirely to see this principle in action. That's why we're circling back to spend some time with Hannah today and over the rest of the week. 
Hers is a story of adversity, and out of that adversity, God births quite literally one of the great prophets that he sends to his people, Israel. So let's just spend a few minutes entering into Hannah's pain. First Samuel is the book in the Old Testament, chapter 1, verses 1 to 8. There was a certain man of Ramathiah, a Zuphite from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, son of Jerome, son of Elihu, son of Tohu, son of Zuph, an Ephraimite. He had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other was Peninnah. And Peninnah had children, but Hannah had no children. Now this man used to go up year by year from his town to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh, where the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were priests of the Lord. On the day when Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to his wife Peninnah and to all her sons and daughters, but to Hannah he gave a double portion because he loved her, though the Lord had closed her womb. Now her rival used to provoke her severely to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. So it went on year by year. As often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she used to provoke her. Therefore Hannah wept and would not eat. Her husband Elkanah said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why don't you eat? Why is your heart sad? Am I not more to you than ten sons? I'm not a woman, obviously, and I've never had the experience of of wanting to have a child and not being able to get there. No doubt there are some women tuned in today who either have been there or who are in that place right at the moment. But even as a man, I, I can just so feel the pain that Hannah was going through. Her body clock's ticking, her heart is to have a child, and nothing. But as bad and as tough as that is, it was even worse. Because laid on top of that personal pain were two other things. The first and the most obvious was Peninnah, Elkanah's other wife. Polygamy was all the rage in the early days of the Old Testament. It wasn't until society had time to grow and mature that God revealed that this wasn't his ideal plan. I mean, it should have been obvious. Adam had one wife, Eve, not two or more. But we humans have a way of wandering away from God's ideal for us. And God has a way of choosing just the right time in history to reveal his plans. So at this point, polygamy was the norm. That's why Elkanah had two wives. That would have been bad enough, except one of them could have children and the other couldn't. And the one that could, Peninnah, taunted the one who couldn't, Hannah. Her rival used to provoke her severely to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. So it went on year by year. As often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she used to provoke her. What a terrible situation. A woman who can't have children and a rival for her husband's affections who can and then uses that fact to rub salt into her wounds year after year after year. And the final lay of shame, as if all that weren't enough, was that back in those days, the thinking went something like this. If you're a good and godly person... God would bless you with many children. And if you weren't, he wouldn't. So Hannah's plight was further compounded by the fact that socially people looked down on her. They they would have whispered behind her back, she can't be a very good person. Look, God's cursed her and closed her womb. Please put yourself into Hannah's shoes for a moment. How do you feel? Terrible, right? You'd be asking some serious questions of God. Lord, why are you doing this? I'm doing my best to honour you and my husband. My rival's taunting me and people despise me. Lord, what have I done to deserve this? 
I don't know what particular pains and trials you've gone through in your life, but this one of Hannah's would rank right up there, right? I mean, you can equate your trials and your pain with what Hannah was going through. This feeling that God must have forsaken you, that God's treatment of you isn't fair. Now, we're going to look at what happens next tomorrow on the program. But what happens is a mighty act of God. In a sense, we'll see that Hannah almost expected God to act. But I'd like to suggest that when you and I are having Hannah moments in our lives, often a mighty intervention of God is the last thing we expect. In fact, we don't even expect to be in this rotten situation in the first place because, well, surely God wants to bless me and surely I'm, I'm living through this terrible curse like this. Something, something terrible must be wrong in my relationship with God. It's that false logic that I'd like to kick in the guts today. This idea of, yes, I am in God's favour because I'm being blessed, or no, I must have fallen out of God's favour because I'm going through this terrible patch. That's a lie. That's a distortion from the enemy who's dropped this healthy, wealthy and wise lie on our heads. Let me finish today where I began. As I read my Bible, what I discover is that pretty much all the great things that God does are birthed out of great times of trial. We'll talk some more about that on tomorrow's program. There are so many things that life throws at us that frankly undermine our confidence. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet, Living a Life of Quiet Confidence. And hey, at the end of each chapter, you'll find some life questions, kind of to, to help you think through and apply this rubber-hits-the-road teaching right into the realities of your life. You see, God's Word is alive and active, so I'm praying that through this booklet, He will help you live the rest of your life with a quiet confidence in Christ. You can request your free copy right now. Just stop by at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415 and we'll send your booklet straight out to you in the post. Again, that's ChristianityWorks.com or 1-300-722-415. Hey, thanks so much for joining me. I'm Bernie Diamond and I'll catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.